Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay uptight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right. Here on Overnight America. Overnight America. Well, how about that song, Overnight America? Nice. Normally the uh, entrance song of the 11 o'clock hour for Ryan Recker. It's the entrance song for Hancock and Kelly tonight. And, John, um, that song probably woke you up, but uh, you say you had a nightmare last night. I played was a little role in this. It was awful. Please, do share, uh, do share. Well, so we got off the, we got off the air, and uh, I may or may not have uh, made a sandwich with two slices of beefsteak rye bread. Um Perhaps four slices of seasoned filet of beef, boar's head, mm. Mm. Uh, with uh, perhaps a white cheddar cheese slice, nice. uh, some lettuce, and some Duke's mustard on top of that. Uh, I may or may not have done that, and uh, I may or may not have then added some Ruffles potato chips with Duke's French onion dip uh, to the mix, and uh, enjoyed that sandwich after the show. Okay, And if that may have occurred, then I would have gone to bed at that point and laid down very tired and and went to sleep. And I drifted off into a blissful sleep. And then all of a sudden, there I was in my dream, Michael. It was you and me. Mm -hmm. And there was a masked bandit um, with you and me. And he proceeded to hit me over the head with a baseball bat, uh, oh shattering my yes, shattering my skull. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was awful. It was horrible. And uh, and there you were. You did nothing. And uh, <laughs> so so I I woke up uh, at three thirty six in the morning and uh, looked at the clock. You were mad. There, I, I was uh, very upset. And I thought, okay, I gotta get, I gotta get out of this. So I, I rolled over and I went back to sleep. And I was back on the ground with my head bleeding. And um, 
next thing, he chopped off my hands, my left hand and my right hand. He chopped them off, Michael. And yeah. what, what you kind did, of dream was this? What, it was horrible. It was a nightmare. On? It was a nightmare. And you did nothing. So um, there we were. And uh, now I've got, you know, my head's bleeding. I've been bashed in. I've got my left hand, my right hand chopped off. So that's not going to end well. And uh, <clears throat> I woke up again. It was about 3.59. And I thought, oh, man, this is, I, and I, I don't have nightmares very often. So this was this was particularly bad, and uh, <clears throat> I rolled over on the other side. I went back to sleep, and there goes my right leg, Michael. It's gone. Boom, and uh, and there and there you were. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, perfectly fine. What is fine. this about? What was this? I, that's about? what, what I'm. That's what I'm trying on? to figure out. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I've I've now lost. Uh, consciousness i've my head's been bashed in i've lost uh, both hands and my right leg now thankfully i am left footed uh but um and, and at that point it's four about 4 20 i wake up again um not in a good state and my buddy is uh you know perfectly fine <laughs> and, so at well, that point, what did the guy look like? You say he was a masked man, so he, he had a, looked like every person in the world right now. Yeah, he was dressed in black. He had a black, you know, pants, black shirt, black mask, and uh, and a quite a sharp uh, axe. And um, yeah, so that was uh, that was my man money. Did you owe this man money? Well, I don't think it's about him. I think it's probably about you. So, um, wait, wait, if it was about me, why would he have been cutting your legs and your arms off and not mine? Well, this is a really good question. So, um, I'm not sure what it all means, but uh, at that point, at that point, I, I went to what I went to Twitter and uh, looked to see what was going on on Twitter and set up for about an hour. Finally, got that out of my head. And uh, went back to sleep. So yeah. Well, so I, thanks, pal. I, I really we, appreciate you being yeah, there for well, me. When thanks, the, uh, the masked man is chopping my hands off in the uh, middle of the night. Yeah. Well, uh, when in doubt, just blame MSK. I mean, what in the world? That's the craziest. You know what? I bet there's some dream analyzer analyst out there who can tell us exactly what that means and four three six seven nine hundred yeah one eight hundred nine two five five eleven twenty yeah i i you know uh i obviously I, I survived the ordeal and um i was very pleased when i finally woke up this morning uh, that i had both hands and my right leg was uh, now, you moving. know that was would not be how i would behave one night you and i were leaving the station late <laughs> And we walked out, and there were some yeah. guys breaking into your car. They were. And yeah. if you yeah. remember what happened, you sheepishly kind of <laughs> ducked away, and I immediately I went and confronted the You guy. did. You did. So you did. I, I guess I must have been telling them, hey, cut his legs off. Cut his arm <laughs> off. Leave me alone. Well, the arm was fine. It was just the hands. Um but, I really yeah. would like to know what that means. I think that you are. That was crazy, uh, man. I mean, it was I'm, that I. I mean, that I really had that dream, and you were you were prominently featured. <laughs> yeah, that, in the dream, some psychologist could help us with this. Why am I <laughs> the target of your nightmare that you're getting your legs and arms cut off? Could it be that uh, you know it's symbolic of the election and? Now that Joe Biden is taking over, you as a Republican are losing your power and your 
grip on power and therefore you want to blame it on me <laughs> well anderson anderson has weighed in on the uh, dream analysis anderson uh, turn your microphone on and share with us what you have found well according to dreammood.com you're probably going <laughs> to not like the analysis of course it says to see an axe in your dream indicates that you are overly controlling it oh. is symbolic of destruction hostility and the frustrations that you are experiencing well there you go perhaps you have an axe to grind with, someone. with michael well, yeah, kelly with me. Yeah, yeah, with me. Yeah, what what yeah. do you want to grind an axe? Do you, I think it's <laughs> anderson well done mike anderson it, it also keep, could keep, mean it yes. could mean a metaphor that you are ready to bury the axe and make I'm amends. Bearing, I'm burying the axe, uh, Michael, and uh, everything you've ever said about uh, <laughs> everything I've ever said, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a crazy dream like that? Love to hear about it. 314-436-7900. Oh. Yeah, so when I was in high school, I had a dream that um this guy in my class who i didn't know well he was you know he, we didn't hang out he wasn't a friend uh we had a couple of classes together but i was in his house and um walking around in the kitchen and went downstairs and blah 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 and the next day at, in class i said to him i said uh you know i had a dream about you last night and I was in your kitchen, and I said, and I explained where the refrigerator was, where the cabinets were, where they where they had the glasses in the cabinets, uh, the carpet in the basement. I described, and it was exactly his house. I'd never been in this house before, and yeah. Uh, yeah so you know, I, I got the dream thing going you're, on. That's all I can tell you're you. You're quite the dream guy here. We're gonna yeah. have to step aside. Well, we're gonna get some dream analysis some from from some folks at three one four. Four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. My dreams aren't PG. I uh, can't tell them. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll your life your is not PG, Kelly. Hancock. After this, on Overnight America. Traffic and weather together every ten minutes, mornings and afternoons on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. Help me to forget today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great tune. So we've been talking about the nightmares of John Hancock. Apparently, just one. Uh, there was a masked man who was yeah. wielding an axe, cutting off his arms and legs, and uh, I sat by and watched. Yes. In some yes. Some masochistic way. I don't get it. We were going to go to the phone line, and maybe Tom has an analysis of this dream. Tom, Help welcome us. to KMOX. Help us, Tom. Hey, Help us. How you gentlemen doing tonight? Well, Good. great. Okay, I got this all figured out. and makes all perfect right. sense. So yeah. you had both, your hand, both your hands were gone. Yes. And your right leg was gone. Correct. And so you were left with just one leg to stand on, and that's probably what you were wanting last night from Mr. Kelly about being ridiculous about what's a sport and what's not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Tom, further, give that man a cigar right now. For, give him a cigar. For the, for the record, Mr. Hancock, that's the first time that I heard you guys have a disagreement and I was on your side. So, <laughs> Hey, let me ask you this, Tom. You, you believe pool is a sport? Of course. Absol absolutely. Yes. Do you believe chess is a sport, Tom? No. No, and I can tell you why, because you can't, you know, you can pick up a piece and set it as soft, as easy, as hard, or whatever, 
you still get to the spot, you get to the spot. Send this but man you a have box to of have, cigars. You have uh, to a have, box a box hey, of cigars. Hey, hey Hancock, don't, don't make me cut your mouth off. Let me ask this guy some more <laughs> questions. Do, do, do you I'm think ping pong's the support? Tonight. I'm going to have a bad dream tonight. I can feel it. Tom, is ping pong a sport? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is Texas Hold'em a sport? No. No. Because uh, you have to have darts. This guy, this guy. Yes. So let's let's say you had a dream and both your hands were cut off. Yeah. You can actually tell somebody else how to play your hand of Texas Hold'em and still have the same result. True. That's a good Absolutely point. true. Absolutely true. What about darts, true. Tom? Is darts a sport? Yes. Yes. No, these are competitions, <laughs> fellas. They're not sports. <laughs> okay. I, I think we're this all, guy, we're all Kelly, you're fired. We all need Kelly, Ambien. You're fired. So, Tom, Tom, you're a Democrat. You're liberal. Well, uh, I, I don't lean that far, but I'm definitely more on that side than anywhere else. All right. So maybe maybe this whole message here is that we need to cast Kelly aside uh, because he won't come to my defense. Well, I, I <laughs> and, think I think if he was a sports reporter, I would agree with you. But other than that, I think you should stick with him. All yeah. right. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> that that was a great call. That well, may have yeah. been that may have been the greatest call that we have ever heard in the history. No. Of KMLX, and it and it came and it came at eleven twenty one p.m. St. Louis time, Central Daylight Time, whatever we standard, whatever it is. Uh, he he nailed every aspect of that call, Michael. He he okay. diagnosed the dream. He he found he was spot on with all of the sport non sport questions that you hurled at him uh, in a flurry, and. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that was impressive. I'm I'm gonna sleep well tonight. I uh, I think uh, butterflies and puppy dogs are gonna be populating well, we my shall dreams. See. This we have more dream analysis coming in as we speak. We go back to the phone lines in Linda. Linda, you're on KMWX. <laughs> well, the first thing I thought of was your piano. Yeah. Without your hands, you can't, can't play, play the piano. Yes. And without your foot, you can't work the pedal. Correct. So somebody didn't like your music. Ooh. You know who it is? You know who it is? I'll tell you who the culprit is. It's Gus. Gus. Yes. Gus, he does not like the piano. In fact, he pees on the rug under the piano. (laughs) Telling me. The dog. Telling me that uh, it's not working out. And you know what? That is brilliant. That is well, a wait brilliant a minute. You analysis. said it was a masked man. You didn't say it was a masked Icelandic sheepdog. That well, I mean, it could have been Gus. I mean, Gus, Gus could have put the, the black stuff that had the hood on. I mean, it could have been Gus. <laughs> Linda, do you wow. dream a lot? Well, pardon me? Do you dream a lot? I used to. I used to. And I could, I bear, I could tell you exactly everything about it two days later. Really? Yeah. Isn't the worst part about a dream the dreams you want to keep going on don't, and the dreams yes. that you're that that oh. are miserable like yes. you immediately hop right back into them. This thing last night, I couldn't get away from it. I mean, I I woke up, I tried, you know, I thought about happy thoughts, and I, you know, I thought about okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? Well, who am I meeting with? What calls do I have? And as soon as I went back to sleep, there I was, no hands. 
Well, when you, <laughs> and, uh, you, yeah. you started talking about it, I thought, do I want to listen to this? I'm liable to be dreaming about this tonight. <laughs> well, I hope not. No, I think th- I think that's pretty unique to me, Linda. I think you're going to be fine. Um, okay. Now, you know, you might you might dream about Michael Kelly because thousands well, who could of blame women, you? thousands of women do. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but Linda, be okay. do you happen to uh, do you happen to look a little bit like Charlize Theron? <laughs> do I? Yeah. No. No. Oh well, then you weren't in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Hey, well, Linda, who was the best James Bond? Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, come yeah. on. You know what? Uh, you know, it, it, listen, it you is want hard to have your to relatives be, and brother call into the show constantly. Everybody it is hard. Yeah. It's hard to be as consistently wrong as you are, Kelly, uh, and maintain, you know, I mean, I, gi- I give you credit um, well, because because you're so wrong so often. Uh, so thoroughly, and yet you come back, you keep coming back, you, you know, you're, it's an inspiration to all of us. Yeah, well, I there's have, no doubt about I have it. To huh? come to, I have to come to Michael's defense here. Oh, okay. okay. I, lean, I lean his way in politics. Well, yeah. Linda's a right-thinking kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks right. like Charlize Theron, but she uh, would... That's Sean Connery. He's uh, he's he, he he's not the best James Bond. He just was oh, the original. Yes, no, oh, the, by far the best. And and probably yeah. a very good snooker player, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I just love you guys. I'll tell you. I just Well, love we love you, Linda. On. Do yeah. you listen to us on Friday mornings, <laughs> Linda? I sure do. I sure do. Is that right? Why don't you give us a call Uh on a Friday morning when we're talking politics sometime? We'd love to hear from you. She's out there. She's on my side, Hancock. I know you don't have your family members call in, but come on. Linda's Linda's got got stuff going on, Michael. She can't be picking up the phone at at 10 o'clock in the morning. She's she's busy. She's out there uh, doing the harvest. I'm at home listening. I'm at home listening to you. Well, pick up the phone then. I'll do. I'll do that. All right. But I, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about politics. I just know what I, who I like and who I don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that came through. That came through pretty loud and clear, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I meant it too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, Johnny, well, we got to step aside. Hey, Linda, have a great night and uh, yeah. sleep well do sleep well okay all right john we got to step aside we got to get a check on the weather oh yeah um and then we're going to take you all the way to the top of the hour midnight and then we'll have two more hours left after that it's hancock and kelly on overnight america stick around join us on the phone lines at 314-436-791-1800-925-1120 we want to hear from you tell us about those dreams after this on camo x Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. News Radio 1120, KMOX. 
The Voice of the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, <laughs> James Bond music. Sean Connery. Uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, whatever. Come on. I guarantee you my guy would win in a poll. Um, hey, we just had a poll. Co- Your guy lost. Yeah, the, we, we pulled uh, Linda. That was the only person to call in about it. So she's the thanks, only Linda. person. She's the only person that matters. It is Hancock and Kelly. We're grateful to have <laughs> you uh, with us here on KMOX and Overnight America. I'd be the fully functional Mike Kelly, John Hancock, a little bit troubled right now as he's had both his arms and legs cut off. Just the hands. Uh, by an axe-wielding masked. Uh, which has now evolved into a dog, no longer a person. Uh, he was blaming his dog for this, but uh, who knows? Uh, dreams are dreams, and we all live for them. John, I've uh, been fortunate enough to get to – I miss sports. Oh, I me miss too. going to the hockey games. You know, yes. with, with the weather getting colder, yes. there's something about – you know, when 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 fall weather comes, the, the hockey starts, and of course well, we have. We'd, we'd be on... in full, we'd be in full opening of the season right now in a typical right. year, November. We'd we'd be playing hockey, right, and going to the games and having a couple of cold ones. Yes, and, you know, and hockey's great because it's nonstop action there for the whole almost the whole period. Only time when the hot the end of the puck gets out. And then we already were cheated out of the baseball season and, yes. and the opportunity to do what St. Louisans love to do, which is to go to the ballpark. Yes. And uh, this morning when I was out on my walk, I was reminiscing. I'm walking past the spring training facility of the St. Louis Cardinals. Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Yeah, that's right. I was reminiscing on game six. And I was fortunate enough to be there. Were you there on game six? You were at game six. I was at Gang Six, yes. Wow. No, I was not. Um, we mm. had dinner we had dinner club at our house that night and so we uh, we all kind of watched Game Six and it was riveting. It was awesome, but we weren't there. No, I was I was there. Now did you have an opportunity when the Rams were on that run? Did you get no. to go to any of those <laughs> no. football games? No, no, no. No, no. no, no let I, me tell you my let me tell you my highlight. Okay, let's so uh, so I you know we were uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, dad Dad drove a forklift and um, he, he drove it well, but we didn't have a lot of money. And um, so we'd go to two three games a year. Probably they tell me that when I was one year old that I went to Sportsman's Park and saw a game and saw um, the Cardinals play at Sportsman's Park. I don't remember that. Wow, you're old. And then I am old. And then, um, you know, Bush Stadium through the years, you know, Bush Stadium too. Um, and the Cardinals in 1987, they had won the World Series in 82. And uh, they lost, shouldn't have lost. Uh, Don Dinkinger cost them the 1985 85. World Series. 1987, the Cardinals are, are playing the Minnesota Twins. They're down two games to one. And the, the way it worked was if you wanted to have seats to the game, you had to camp out in front of the stadium for the night before and, and go get tickets. And um, my dad, who he got up at three o'clock to go to work and he worked from five and or like four thirty until three thirty and he usually worked overtime. So he'd come home at six or whatever. Um 
but he was he was determined to take the family to the to game four of the 1987 World Series. So uh, he and my brother camped out and uh, and they got tickets for the whole family. So it was me and my dad, my mom, my brother and my sister. And we were in the bleachers that night and oh, for awesome. game for game four and the Cardinals down two games to one Frank Viola on the mound for the Minnesota twins, a great left-hander. I think he ended up being the MVP of the world series that year and went on to pitch for the New York Mets and won another world series in 86. Uh, But in 80, in 87 uh, he was pitching and the Cardinals sent up their utility infielder, Tom Lawless to the plate. And they were down by a run, I believe, at the time. Tom Lawless, who had three home runs in his big league career, strode to the plate, game four, 1987 World Series, and this is what happened. So that was uh, that was us hollering out there in the bleachers, Michael. And Tom Lawless hit that home run. He flipped his bat like he was Reggie Jackson. You know, he just right. like, he'd, like he'd done it a thousand times before. Uh, circled the bases. The Cardinals won the game, tied the series two games to two, and uh, that was for me the greatest game I ever saw live. Wow. Yeah. Well. That's a great story. I had not heard that before. And I was thinking about, so the 87 World Series, that's when we played the Minnesota Twins. And if I remember, they, they were in the, uh, what do they call it, Minnesota Dome up there. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was, it felt like it was a big giant plastic bag. Yeah, they and had the hefty guys, bags. Yeah, the, right. their outfield fence was a hefty bag. Uh, strewn across left field pole to the right field pole. And it was miserable. And the Cardinals lost. Um all four games there, as I recall. So we, we yeah. won game four, went up three games to two the next night in St. Louis, and then went back to Minnesota and lost game six and seven, and that was, the, that was, that was it. All right, so I have another cool thing that I went to do. The Metrodome was the name of that. Boy, this Mike Anderson's good. He's the uh, best. Yeah, he's, he is and on it. That's, um, why, that's why he earns tens of dollars. Every time yeah. he strolls into the so, voice of St. Louis. I don't know the exact year. Um, it's right in that 85 to 87 timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in that timeline. Maybe a little bit later now that I think of it. Anyway, it was what was referred to as seat cushion night. And it oh, was yeah. the night yeah, that yeah. Tommy Herr hit a grand slam yeah uh down the left line against the yes sir and i was there and john what people don't remember is there was a home run earlier in the game or a call earlier in the game where you felt like every seat cushion had already been thrown onto the field but no but no then tom uh tommy her hit that 
that grandstand down the left field line. Why do I know the left field line? We were right there on the pole. It was my dad, my little sister Megan, my mother, and uh, and I. And I'll never forget it. It was yeah, it was against the Mets, the New York Mets. Uh, that's exactly who that game was against. And uh, oh, here it is, April the eighteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. So that was my uh, probably the coolest sporting event that I had ever been to. Now the other one. I, I was excited to get to go to was the uh, game that against the Blues, uh, Blues and the Dallas Stars just recently, where we went to overtime against Ben Bishop. Game seven. What? Three, yeah, game seven. Double uh, overtime. The Pat Dallas Maroon. Stars, and, and yep. I was at that game. Oh, that wow. was really really special. My friend and, uh, was in from Dallas. If you remember. yes, he was a, he was a Stars fan, and you and were he at was the a game Stars fan, yeah. and I was with him. And I just looked at his face, and he was gutted. And and how could he not be? Ben Bishop was really the MVP of that game that night. He had a great game. Well, and so did so did Bennington for the Blues. But I mean, it was right. um, back and forth and Game Seven. So I mean, it didn't get it. You know, that's that's it. You win or you lose, and you're done. And yep. um, and we had the face-off there to the left of Ben Bishop, and Robert Thomas, the the youngster, uh, stick handled the puck, made a tremendous move there coming out of the face-off, fired a shot on goal, it got past Ben Bishop, and was laying between Ben Bishop and the goal line, and Pat Maroon uh, shoveled it in, and the and the Blues won the the game. They went on to then win the Stanley Cup. That that will go down as one of the greatest hockey games in the history of St. Louis. And you, Michael Kelly, were there. I was. I was. Hey, he's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We've got one more segment to take you all the way to midnight. So stick around, won't watch you. And when we come back, I got a question for you, John, about Donald Trump, of all people, after this mm. on KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to Overnight America. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you. Anderson, you're going to play that sound. And the fastball hit the deep left field, way back. Johnson to the wall, and it is out of here. A grand slam home run. And the Cardinals win it as Tommy Hurd has hit a grand slam home run to win the ball game. Well, the Cardinals now have won the first two games of this three-game series. Here it is again. First ball, fastball. And Tommy Hur sitting on that pitch. Orozco just buried with that fastball here in the bottom of the 10th inning. There it was. That was uh, seat cushion night at Bush Stadium. The exact date of that for you baseball historians was, uh, we just had the uh, date right here, John. What is it? April the 18th, 1987. It was against the New York Mets. It was in the 10th inning. In a grand slam on seat cushion night by Tommy Hurd. That was so cool. Yeah, against uh, Jesse Orozco, who um, pitched until he was 46 years old. And uh, he, he actually had a stint with the Cardinals late in his career. Orozco was a closer at one point in his career. And then uh, 
went on left-hander, uh, had one of the longest 10 years in the history of baseball as a pitcher. I think he pitched for 13, maybe 14 different teams, uh, most, most of his seasons with the Mets, but uh, he, he got around quite a bit, Jesse Orozco. Um, you could make a case for him being in the Hall of Fame. Who, Jesse Orozco? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, one of the great relievers of all time, and I mean, his longevity was uh, amazing. Oh, huh, interesting. Well, Tommy Hur is in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, so that's yeah. great. He's a red jacket. Hey, before we let you go, I got a half silly question for you. Uh, it is related to Donald Trump. I won't hold you to the answer, but uh, look, uh, Donald Trump's probably been one of the more controversial presidents, or uh, divisive presidents, whether you're for them or against them, I think you can admit uh, that we've had maybe uh, ever in modern time. Uh, do you think he builds a library? And if so, do you think it's like, what is it going to be like in one of his hotels or is it going to be in Florida? Now, that is an interesting question. Um, there's been no talk of a library. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, Trump has started a PAC, and he's raising money into that PAC. He's going to play in politics, and he's going to potentially run again for president in 24. So most former presidents, when they leave, they start raising money for their library, for their legacy. Uh, that's certainly what happened with, go back to W. Bush and Bill Clinton and, and H. H.W. Bush before Clinton. Um, Obama, they leave office, they raise money for a library. Donald Trump's raising money for a political operation. So um, that's going to be fascinating to see if he actually puts a library together. I mean, he's got some stuff to tout, no doubt about it. Um, right. But it takes, it takes a concentrated multi-million dollar effort to raise money for a presidential library. You got to, you got to find a, a location. You got to raise the money to, to put the thing together. You got to, you got to, you know, put the materials in there and have people that run the facility. It's got to have an ongoing revenue stream. Um, and there's been no talk at this point about a Donald Trump library. And that's a, that's a really fascinating question. Um, if he doesn't, yeah, you know, and then where does it go? Does it go in New York or does it go in Florida? Well, we all know Donald Trump's a New Yorker, but uh, he's yeah. the one who decided to leave New York with, you know, fingers up. Uh, so, I mean, so what are these? He's going to build it at Mar-a-Lago now? Does he build it at a hotel? I mean, I mean, he's the he's the consummate salesman. How, how's this work? You know, it's going to be unconventional. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about Donald Trump is that he is a breaker of norms. So I wouldn't expect that if there is a library, it's going to look like anything we've seen heretofore. And he's going to, you know, he's going to chart his own course on it or his kids are. I mean, Donald Trump's not a spring chicken. He's 74 years old. And if he is really serious about running for the presidency in 2024, all of his efforts and activities are going to be focused on that, which tells me that any kind of library discussion is, you know, going to be held in abeyance until they, until he's done. Well, 
Yeah, interesting thought. I just thought I'd bring it up because no, I was it really about is. That the other day, yeah, it really uh, is. You know, the golf course he plays down here in Florida is is not too far from where I'm at, and it it just got me to thinking. Like, seriously, they're going to put a library here? Potentially? I mean, come on, it's weird. Hey, we're ending the hour here, aren't we? We are. It's Michael Kelly. I'm John Hancock. We have been pleased to, to spend these last four hours with you. Got a couple more to go. It is Overnight America, one of the great shows in the uh, archives of KMOX over the years. want to thank Mike Anderson for his great work behind the glass, and want to thank my partner, Michael Kelly. We'll see you around the corner right here on The Voice of St. Louis, News Radio 1120, KMOX. The lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me on the telephone I don't stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 